Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. My name is Katie Chesney, and on Technically Speaking, we explore the latest social media trends, discover the hottest technology jobs on the market, and give you helpful tips and tricks for using social media. Now, today's show is social strategy, and we're with Rick Stoner, a social media strategist at Bader Rudder and Associates. He brings a wealth of information and experience with him today. And before we dive into our topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. So, hi, Katie. Uh, thanks again for, for bringing me in. Thank you. Uh, I'm the social media strategist at Bader Rudder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with a team of, of six professionals. Uh, Bader Rudder is a, a mid-sized B2B, primarily B2B agency. We're about 250, 260 employees, headquartered in Brookfield, and satellite offices in Chicago and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And myself, um, it's been an interesting journey to what I'm doing now. So I started out as a journalist, Okay. Um, got out of J school and, and my communications degree, moved to Chicago as a journalist. And this was the mid-2000s. Um, print ads were down sharp and journalism was a pretty tough profession to be in for an entry-level guy. Sure. So I did that for about a year. I worked at a publishing house called Schofield Media and I had a lot of friends that were in the agency side of things, primarily public relations. Mm -hmm. So that's really where my interest lied in getting into the agency side of things. Um, I did public relations in Chicago for about two years at a small shop. Mm -hmm. And then in 2008, made the decision to, to move back home. I'm from the Milwaukee area. Interviewed at a, a bunch of shops around town and Beta Rudder was just the right fit for me. So awesome. I did public relations for a few years and right around 2010 mm-hmm. is when the bulk of our clients started becoming interested in social media. Um, and I was one of the few people in the building that had any experience from my Chicago days mm-hmm. and really had uh, the motivation to, to try it on for size and start our offering. Awesome. Now, were you always interested in social media, like in the background, like as a personal thing? Or how did you... Yeah, I mean, I think it always starts with a personal interest, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how social media grew in the first place, just people connecting with people. So, you know, back before the the big three, the big four of Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Mm -hmm. we had, you know, old school social blogs, message boards, forums, and always active on those and specific topics that I was interested in. Um, but really, from a professional standpoint, it came from the clients we had and, and the agency that I worked at in Chicago. So okay. we were primarily serving consumer electronics shops. Mm-hmm. And our primary audience was uh, 20, 30-year-old men that were interested in buying consumer electronics. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were on CNET, um, Gizmodo, those kind of blogs. And right. So for us at the time, 2005, 2006, uh, to reach them through public relations, to do a traditional press release didn't make a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. we had to go to these blogs. So without even really knowing it, we were using social media to target our audience. And then, you know, come late 2000s when Facebook, Twitter, that all kind of exploded. And now we're at kind of a, the dawn of a new marketing discipline. Now, what specifically do you like best about social media and the opportunities that it provides to businesses? The reason why I do what I do and I'm happy to do it is to me, social media, when it's done right, uh, and that's quite the caveat, it's a fundamentally new way of marketing to your audience. Mm-hmm. So think about the the dawn of commercial marketing, probably looking at the 1930s and 40s with radio ads, and then we get into TV ads and print ads. Up until the mid-2000s with social, it's all been a one-way push. With the exception of maybe event marketing, it's all about, I'm going to say this about my company, my product, 
I hope they consume it and then I hope they do what I tell them to do. Right. Uh, with social, it's, it's a two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. So you have the opportunity to hear people out uh, on the same forum that you're doing. And it's just, it's fundamentally different, right? It's, it's not one way, it's two way. And that opens up a whole realm of possibilities in the, in the realm of customer service, in the realm of um, communicating with your audiences in a way that maybe you can't through a print ad or an email. And, you know, it, it's, it's early days. It's the Wild West. So it's, it's very exciting to be a part of a discipline that's entirely new. I would compare it to, you know, someone um, working in marketing in the 50s when, when TV ads were created or... Uh, maybe there's some folks out there that uh, were around in the early to mid 90s when the internet came. Mm -hmm. These are exciting times. Everything is so new. The discipline right. is so immature right mm -hmm. now. So to be part of kind of setting best practices and actively thinking through with our clients what works and what doesn't is a lot of fun. Now, the reason I brought you here today is to talk about social strategies for businesses. Now, why is it important for a business to have a social strategy? First off, I would treat social just like any other discipline, mm -hmm. right? So a client, a small business, regardless of what size you are, consumer, B2B, you would never launch into a public relations campaign or a creative campaign or a press conference without a preconceived notion or strategy of what we're looking to accomplish. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of times with social, because it's so intuitive and simple and the majority of people do it in their personal lives, they don't necessarily think it needs strategy or if it does, that it's not as involved or as thought through as maybe another discipline. Mm -hmm. So if we assume that social media is just as powerful and important as any other tool in the marketing toolbox, to me that justifies strategy and everything that goes along with that. So think about the things that we think about with other disciplines, right? There's issues management, mm -hmm. there's objectives, there's strategies, there's tactics. What we really try to avoid and what anybody should be avoiding is pick a channel with blinders on. I'm going to be on X. I'm going to be on Facebook. I'm going to mm -hmm. be on a blog. Uh, and I'm just going to talk about myself and, and that's it. And that's the huge mistake that a lot of businesses, specifically small businesses or, or larger brands that aren't really interested in doing true social media, which is a conversation, that's, that's the mistake they're making. So okay. for us, it comes down to what is the heart of a social media strategy? It's, it's two things. One is know your audience, know your competition. So mm -hmm. is your audience on social media, yes or no? If they're not, it might not be a good fit or the timing just might not be right. If you want to take a chance and kind of plant a flag in the ground and build it before they come, that's certainly an idea or a, a tactic as well. But really, if your audience is there and you take a closer look at what your audience is doing, that tells you a lot. That tells you what channel you should be on. If you have this preconceived notion that you should be on Facebook and you do a little digging and you see that they're all on LinkedIn or they're all on blogs, Facebook doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Just because it's big doesn't necessarily mean, hey, I have to be here. Correct. So we talk about audience. The other thing is competition. So mm -hmm. always peek an eye on, you know, one of the benefits of social is it's so public. So it's very easy to see what your competition is doing in terms of what's working, what's not working. You can learn a lot from that. Mm -hmm. um, so those two things, audience and competition, and I would also say a huge need for social strategy is C-level buy-in. So okay. whoever's running the company for your brand, uh, make sure that they're fully aware and in support of any social media efforts. Mm -hmm. If it's done within the vacuum of the marketing department or, you know, if it's the 20-something um, cool person's job in the office, it doesn't get as much traction as it should. 
And I think social media works best when you can't really tell what it is. Is it a marketing initiative? Is it a customer service initiative? Um, is it advertising? Is it a tool we use to recruit new talent? Uh, ideally, it's all of those things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sprinkled on really the, the fabric of what your company is. Sure. So one thing that a business should should consider is that social media just isn't for talking and engaging with your consumers. It's also putting yourself out there saying, hey, we're looking for talent. Hey, we can handle your customer service here. Hey, here's our new product. So it's really an all-encompassing area to put yourself out there. It's extreme. It's a, it's a very versatile medium. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. We, you know, let's talk about that in terms of different ways you can use social in a business setting. I mm -hmm. think there's this whole idea of a personal brand and how you convey yourself as a professional on social media. I think the first thing people think of is, well, that's what my LinkedIn is for, but it's more than that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's social media in terms of, of your brand. So, you know, if your brand was a person, what are the types of things it would say to people? That's always a good question I, I ask our clients in terms mm -hmm. of what is our voice, what is our tone on social media channels? Putting some humanity, some voice behind your logo, your brand, um, bringing the people behind your brand to the channel makes a huge difference. It humanizes what you do. It's not just this talking logo. It's 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 people. Mm -hmm. Now, I've seen other brands out there, like like big brands like McDonald's. They'll when someone posts on their social channels, they'll have a signature, like that person will sign off. Mm -hmm. What's the benefit to doing that? Is it just further humanize it or is there any other reason for doing that? Yeah, there's different ways to do that. Um, and we'll talk through that. But I, I think the main benefit, regardless of which way you do it, mm -hmm. is you're bringing people to the forefront. So at the end of the day, no one really cares about your brand on social media. They care about what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. Social media is a very selfish medium. It's about people. And they have the control, right? They don't have to follow your Twitter account. They don't have to like your Facebook page. They can unlike it in one click. Mm -hmm. So for them to follow your brand on social, you have to actively offer them something. Mm -hmm. And one of the uh, best practices is their people following a brand. So how can we get it to be people connecting with people and the brand is kind of the host? Mm -hmm. So I've seen it in, in tweets and Facebook posts where... Yeah, they're under the guise of, of a, a McDonald's page and then they'll just dash their initials. Mm -hmm. um, you may have seen Twitter backgrounds where you have the three or four people charged with administering the account. It's it's their, uh, their information, a link to their personal account, their pictures. You get to know them as a person. So you're not just interacting uh, with some logo. You're interacting with actual people and the logo is kind of the, the host of the conversation. Sure. Now let's talk about the people behind the, you know, behind the scenes who are writing the social media. How, as a business, how do I find someone who's going to be good at that? And how do I know when I'm interviewing that they're going to be good at putting forth the best representation of my brand? Yeah, I, I would say right now there's probably two ways uh, to go about doing a social presence in a business landscape. Mm -hmm. One is uh, you take care of it internally. So maybe it's a community manager. Maybe it's handled by someone in the marketing department. Really anybody within the company. The other way of doing it is hiring an agency to really get into any any level of assistance that's needed. So there's strategic support, mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also the community management element of it. So some of our clients have these community managers internally, mm -hmm. and we're helping them primarily with strategy, kind of connecting the dots uh, with social and everything else they do, PR, creative, et cetera. But some of them don't. So they'll actually entrust their agencies to be the voice of their brand. 
there's a number of reasons behind that, right? It could be resources. They literally don't have someone in the building that has the time or experience to do that. And they trust that their agency knows their brand and they can do that. So regardless of which way you do it, you're working with an agency to speak on your behalf or you have somebody internally, a community manager, uh, there's a couple of things to think through. One uh, is just basic competence. Mm -hmm. So make sure that whoever is doing this knows the channel inside and out. It's okay to admit that you don't regardless of your seniority level. So what I mean is, um, you know, I've talked to CEOs with all sorts of, of letters after their title, very smart, accomplished people, and they couldn't tell you what a hashtag is. So uh, there's a huge movement to move away from, you know, having very young people take care of your digital voice and social. And I think there's some merit behind that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it should go to the most senior accomplished people in the building sure. because they might not know the channel inside and out. And I think functionality plays a huge role. Mm -hmm. So knowing the channel inside and out, I think is one thing. Uh, two, make sure this person knows a lot of people in the building. Okay. So I wouldn't entrust um, the social media voice of a brand to the shy person that might satisfy require requirement number one. They, they know the channel, but they're not an inherently social person, right? Maybe they're in their cube, they're at their desk, they don't talk to a lot of people. Whoever is entrusted with the brand and social should have a pretty good pulse for the entire company culture. Mm -hmm. uh, if someone asks them a question about the general company, their brand's vision, they should be pretty comfortable on their feet handling those things. And if they don't, um, they can go pretty quick down the office and answer that question. One, knowing the channel inside and out. Two, making sure your social media person is the old version of social, right? Mm -hmm. they, they know everybody in the building. Uh, and then lastly, I would say um, that this person has to be pretty calm under pressure. Okay. Um, issues management experience is definitely a plus. You think through the demeanor of someone in a high pressure situation. Are they panicking? Are they going to write something on their own without approval and hit send? Do they understand the urgency of, okay, this question is pretty sensitive and might make us look bad if we answered incorrectly, or this is a very unique opportunity for us to look great. Uh, I need someone else's input, but I need to get it fast. Mm -hmm. Understanding that dynamic is a, a huge need for a community manager. Okay. You spoke a little bit about content. I've heard a lot of chatter about content being huge. And it's not about the quantity of your content, but the quality of your mm -hmm. content. Could you speak a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, I could tell you the approach we take that's worked pretty well for our clients. So mm -hmm. this tweaks based on client need, but in general, we go by rule of thirds. Okay. So one third, it's all about the audience. And I'll explain what that means in a bit. One third, it's about the company, mm -hmm. and that's usually the thing that comes easiest to any brand talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. And one third about the industry. So you're not necessarily catering to your audience. You're not necessarily talking about yourself, but you're talking about the industry you're in. You're essentially using social media to talk shop. Um, if you play by those ratios, not only for quantity, um, but in thinking through the rule of thirds to kind of develop your content, suddenly you're creating content that lends itself to conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you through experience that the stuff focused entirely on your company, that one third, will probably get the least engagement. Sure. But it's almost a check in the box, right? Our, our clients need uh, some brand recognition, some product information. We, we understand that. But what works the most in terms of quality content mm -hmm. is when you're talking to your audience directly, okay. things that interest them. Uh, and then when you're just talking about the industry itself, maybe you're curating content from um, trade media publications, 
things that are of interest in the industry, you're almost a publisher in a way where, you know, a lot of times our brands, our clients, they know a lot about not only themselves, but about the industry. So mm -hmm. how do we take that knowledge out of their head and onto a digital channel like a social media platform? Sure. Now you spoke about curating content. Uh, for listeners out there who don't know what that means, it's basically going out to like a reputable source and kind of borrowing their content, but keeping it with that source and just reposting it onto your account saying, hey, check this out. Yeah. Uh, a repost, uh, the lingo kind of differs per channel. So you have a reshare for Facebook, a retweet mm -hmm. for Twitter. Uh, the important things are to always source them, right? So don't come across as uh, cutting out the, the source of the information and making it your own. Uh, it's a good thing to source them, right? You're, you're creating a community atmosphere and you're giving credit to the person who spent the energy to create mm -hmm. it in the first place. Yeah. But also it, it gives this feel of, again, it's not all about yourself and mm -hmm. you're thinking through your audience's interests. They're not there just to follow your company and your brand. They're probably there to learn something about the industry. Okay. Another thing I've heard a lot about on like different social media channels is trying to put an ROI on social media. Yeah. And I've heard that it's really hard to do. Could you explain that a little bit? It's extremely hard. Uh, I would venture to say that there is no ROI um, one size fits all method right now. I think if anybody had that, they'd go to Silicon Valley, develop software for it, and probably be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, ROI is very much, it depends on what the client needs mm -hmm. and what they're looking to accomplish. So I'll talk through some examples. Uh, maybe the client wants to use social media to drive sales and everything else is secondary. So as a social strategist, my focus would be how do we use social to generate sales leads? Mm -hmm. So if that's kind of the the course, the journey, uh, your ROI would develop, would depend on how much money are you spending on social? How many sales leads are you getting out of those efforts? And then how many sales leads convert to sales? So mm -hmm. something like that is pretty straightforward. We can We can figure out ROI for that. If you're thinking about social media ROI for brand awareness, just for engagement, um, that's more art than it is science. Okay. And I would think more about, um, less about quantity and more about quality. Okay. So if you're a small business, um, even if you're a large consumer brand, are the likes you're getting on Facebook, if it's 10,000, if it's 100,000, if it's a million, do the majority of those people actually fall into the buyer's profile mm -hmm. of who would buy your product? Those numbers mean nothing if they don't fit your target audience and if they're not engaging with you. Um, and then in terms of ROI, that is aside from the big data craze, uh, always try to get our clients to focus on quantitative, so the numbers, and that's becoming a bit of a commodity right now. Software mm -hmm. can track this. A lot of these channels give you these things for free, Facebook insights, but focus also on qualitative. Mm -hmm. So are the comments that I'm getting are they business relevant? Do they matter? Do these people, are they interested? Uh, are they spending more than three seconds in interacting with you? You know, are they saying cool, yes, awesome? <laughs> or are they writing sentences and asking earnest questions that uh, a sales rep would, would kill to hear? Uh, I think big data is a huge part of social. It makes um, us extremely accountable for gains and traffic and eyeballs. And that's, that's great. That's something that media and PR can't really touch, right? They have these impression and readership figures and it's all very, very out there, not very uh, accountable. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's good that we have that. Um, but to me, the unique opportunity with social is again, we can see all these conversations. So 
When it comes to ROI, yes, look at all the big data. That's important and continue to track it because we can. But also look at what's the quality of feedback that I'm getting. That's a huge part of ROI. And then think again, what are we using social to track? That to me tells how easy ROI is. If it's for something like sales leads, that's that's pretty turnkey. Mm-hmm. If it's something that uh, is a little bit more general, um, that's that's tougher to do. And I would just agree upon what you're going to measure and then you know treat every decision as kind of an experiment. You know, one of the beauties of social is how quickly you can turn on a dime. This piece of content isn't working. Let's try this. This channel maybe isn't working this year. Let's let's do this. What you're really saying is kind of experimentation is key. Absolutely. Yeah. So if something's not working, try something else. Fostering a culture of, of experimentation with social uh, to me is something that's very unique to this discipline. Mm-hmm. Think again. Think about other toolbox disciplines in, in in our marketing toolbox. Maybe you're considering a huge media purchase, and you're working with a media vendor. It's a series of billboards. It's a series of print ads. Um, your purchasing your purchasing orders are in quarters, are in years. It's it's giant sums of money. Mm-hmm. Um, for social, it's it's so quick and nimble. Right? We can develop right. content. We can post it. Uh, we can tweak it. Really, within a day, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. If you're thinking long leads with social, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you're listening to your audience and seeing what works and what doesn't, you should be developing things in, in real time almost. Okay. Now, where do you see social media going in the future? Is it just a fad that's going to disappear? Will it stay on for the long haul? Yeah, I think uh, obviously I'm quite biased. This is my living. Mm-hmm. But um, I think social media will become a, a much, it'll be access to the audience at a much higher uh, level. Okay. So right now I think people think of social media and they think of the channels. So social media uh, to me is a, let's say I'm a novice social media user means I'm going to go find a brand on Facebook and that's their page. Uh, again, if we go back to what we said in the beginning, if social media is a truly one-way conversation, forget the channels. The channels are just where it's going to happen. To me, social is fundamentally changing how a business communicates with their audiences. So these channels are important. That's, that's where they happen, but they'll, they'll come and go. MySpace came and went. Mm-hmm. There might be new ones coming up. Snapchat might be a, a huge business, uh, rel- of, of huge business relevance someday. Who knows? But how a business goes about communicating to its customers, that's where social will be in the future. So I think it's going to move outside of just social media for Pepsi as a bunch of channels to fundamentally changing how they communicate as a brand. Well, unfortunately, our time is coming to a close today on Technically Speaking. So I just want to thank Rick for joining us and sharing his expert advice. Yeah, thank you. To find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time. 